Happy Wednesday, everybody. I am so excited today to talk about postpartum. Julie and I have partnered up with Callista Anderson, who, if you don't already know, you should know, she is on, or she has her podcast of the New Mom Boss podcast. And she is amazing. She is helping mamas get through all the things by preparing, self-care, creating a good space, learning about postpartum and coaching, all of the things. So we today are going to be talking with her about postpartum and a few different types of things about postpartum, navigating through relationship right on postpartum, and then also what, you know, prepping after and being prepared. So before we do that, I'm going to turn over the time to Julie, and then we're going to dive right in because I think this is such an important topic that honestly isn't talked about enough. Yeah, uh, I'm excited too. Postpartum, my goodness, we don't talk about that enough here, and society doesn't talk about it as much, just generally. So we're well, we're glad to have Calista here with us today. Um, our review today comes with comes from Apple Podcasts, and it is from Jen H four fifteen, and she says, "I don't feel alone in this journey anymore." Her review says, "I started planning my feedback two years ago, right after I had my son." My cesarean left me with lots of negative feelings and thoughts about myself and birth in general. I just knew that I needed to have a chance to have my dream birth. I found your podcast almost 14 weeks pregnant and she's now 18 weeks. Oh, this was left in July. Let's see. And immediately drove, dove in head first. When I first started listening, I couldn't make it through five minutes of an episode without bawling my eyes out. With the help of my midwife and your empowering podcast, I now feel like I'm headed in the right direction. Being able to hear so many different stories lets me know that I'm not alone in this journey. No matter how my second birth story ends, I know that I will be in control and the experience is going to be completely different. I am forever grateful to the two of you for creating such a positive space for us mamas. And I love that so much. That makes me happy. It really is uh, good reviews like this that help keep us going. So thank you so much for leaving this review, Jen H415. And if you haven't already, please, we would love to hear what you think about the podcast or anything else about the feedback link that has helped you on your journey. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or Google or anywhere that you can leave a review. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. All right. Okay. We are so excited, you guys. So again, Calista Anderson with New Mom Boss. You can find her on Instagram and the newmomboss.com. And we are so excited to hear what she has to say today. But I have to give a little plug in before we even begin. And I'm probably going to remind you after because I would highly suggest taking her workshop. She is, she has got a four day, you said four day, right? I think. Okay. Yes. Four day workshop kicking off June 3rd. So we will make sure in the show notes right here to be posting the link to register, but she's in a, it's a postpartum workshop. And I think it is such a valuable tool. We were talking about it before we pressed record for the podcast, but I feel like in the VBAC community, especially, I mean, definitely all around the world, but in VBAC world specifically, we are so focused on the birth, on how to get the birth of our dreams, the birth that we want, how to change the experience from what we had last time, how to heal from trauma. We're working so hard on all of that. And when it comes to postpartum, I feel like sometimes we tend to forget about it. And then postpartum comes and we're like, whoa, (laughs) we're in this space that we haven't really prepared with. And then we're kind of rolling with it. And I would love to hear, I'm so excited to hear all the tools and things that we can learn to help make the postpartum experience be just as great as the birth experience. So without further ado, we are going to turn the time over to Calista and hear what she has to say 
And I think the first topic we are talking on is strengthening our relationship for the postpartum period. Yes. Hey, ladies, thank you again so much for having me on your show. I've been looking coming on your podcast. And yes, I believe what you guys are providing are so val is so valuable also. But yes, the postpartum part is like my passion. And there is, like you mentioned, you know, we're a lot of times we're focused on the birth. And for me, my client, most of my audience are first time moms. So we're focused on the first time having the baby and all the preparation for the baby, mm-hmm. which is wonderful and so needed. But then we kind of cut our planning short up to when the baby is born. And then we enter the postpartum period or the fourth trimester, which we sometimes call the time for the afterbirth period for the baby. But also mama goes through her her own fourth trimester. And that basically is the first three months after having the baby. And it is, as you probably know very well, is kind of the messy middle before you get settled into new motherhood. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I teach about and what I coach on. And I have courses on, on that is I try to catch my mamas while they're pregnant so that we can prepare for the postpartum. So that work, the workshop coming up is exactly that. It's called prepping for postpartum, but it's open to postpartum mamas as well, because it's, it's the same ideas and concepts and preparation that we're doing, whether you're pregnant or already have your baby. Um, The only advantage of doing it while you're pregnant is that it does make that transition a little easier when you've already planned these things out. And the relationship piece is one of the biggest pieces in that postpartum period, which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, we, we are excited to, to hear about it because like you said, like, it's, it's just totally, I mean, people actually, we have clients that thought like after, after having a baby and then hiring a dude, they'll talk about like, I didn't know, I didn't even know about the fourth like trimester. I didn't even know about that. I didn't even hear about it. And it's like, okay, like we need to do better. We need to do better because I know there are other countries out there that they're like so trained in like focusing on that postpartum so much that like they have crews come in and families and supported and tribes that like take care of these moms and these babies for months even after birth. And it's just not like that here. I mean, we have in the US, we have moms going back to work within weeks, just a few weeks after birth. And, mm-hmm. and right now, we're, like you said, like, we're, we're still we're transitioning and we're going through so much. And so, yeah, I'm excited. So what, what tips would you give to someone listening, especially someone like so heavily preparing for birth um, to kind of navigate through and start preparing for this this postpartum and, and the understand, maybe even understanding the postpartum period a little bit better. Right. And maybe a lot of your listeners aren't first time moms, but mm-hmm. they already know how hard it is, right? The first time around. And then it does get easier with, with each round of having babies. But if you're not thinking about some of these things that I'll talk about, you may, you know, that saying, you don't know what you don't know, and you just kind of keep doing things the way you did it before. And if you had a difficult time the first time around and you're not taking the time to figure things out for the second time, you may just have another difficult time. Mm-hmm. For, for me, I and just a quick backstory of how I started this is I had um, I, I had always wanted to be a mom, you know, the dolls and like I just knew I wanted to be a mom, a, a young mom. <laughs> and although I didn't it took a little while. Um, I was so ready. And I did all the things, bought all the stuff, had a beautiful Pinterest nursery, washed all the clothes. And the baby came and I had such difficulty with breastfeeding. And, you know, just my relationship with my husband, like just felt strange, and strained at the same time, the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, that was like a shock on top of the sleep deprivation and trying to get breastfeeding right and all that stuff. And so I was, you know, trying to get 
feel my way into it and do, you know, just one day at a time, but it was really hard. And then at four months, I found out I was pregnant again. Oh, don't do the math and (laughs) don't judge, but (laughs) no, that's just shocking. Right. Like Julie, Julie actually had her babies close together too, but yeah, yeah, I say don't do the math too. (laughs) They're not quite Irish twins, but, um, they're 13 months apart. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, for me, I just, it was hard enough for me the first time around that I was like, this isn't going to happen again. And so I did a whole inventory, what I did, what I didn't do, how I can make things better. And so I had a beautiful second time experience. And that's when I started sharing it with my friends. And then slowly it became into a business where I'm helping more than just the people around me, like people all over the, the world, the internet, you know, So for most people, maybe they, you know, they, that, that isn't their thing where they're going to sit down and think of all the things they can do the the right, I mean, do better or just make things easier for themselves for the next time around. Cause if that's not what your, where your focus is, you're just going to do it again. Right. So that's how I got into this. And because of my difficulties, um, breastfeeding, I became a certified lactation counselor and also the other thing is I'm a, I'm a registered nurse and my yes. husband's a doctor. And yeah, so I was going to say, I, I didn't even mention that in the beginning that you are an RN. And so yeah, you have so a medical think, professional too. I think both of us coming from a medical background, we had a little bit of like medical arrogance, like we got this, you know, and it's not even the medical stuff that matters. I mean, it matters, but for the most part, you know, most it, our babies were healthy. There was nothing medically needed. It was the practical setting up of your life and the day-to-day things and the communication and all these things that you don't think about when you're preparing your registry or when you're having your baby shower or at your OB visits or midwife visits. Uh, Well, maybe midwives, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I love midwives and I feel like they take a little more time to talk to you, but the like nobody checks in and says, Oh, how's your household going to be? Or how's your relationship going to be? Have you talked about that? Yeah. Or even just how, like, what is your plan after for sleeping and meals and all these things? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. The things we take for granted before, like the easiest things before having a baby, like showering, eating a meal, you know, doing all these little things, changing out of your clothes the first several weeks, they're like big projects in the first few weeks, because you are recovering from birth, you are, you know, you're lacking sleep, you're getting the breastfeeding, get still trying to get a handle on it, especially your first time around. And so you're juggling all these things, and everything gets put on the back burner, like you put yourself on the back burner, you put your partner on the back burner, and your household. And so preparing for all these different parts of your life ahead of time is going to allow you to just be more present with your baby. You get to recover and heal without the stress of juggling everything else around you. You know, like I mentioned, doing it during pregnancy is great, but if you're in your postpartum already, it's still very doable. It just takes a little time to, you know, think about what you need and then talk to your partner. So today we want to talk about preparing their relationship, right? And um, I don't know about you ladies, but that was definitely not something we talked about ahead of time. No, no, not at all. (laughs) The conversations are about like what names we're going to have and, and, um, you know, just the fun stuff, which is wonderful. And I not I'm not saying to throw that out at all. But we have to talk about the the real life stuff, like the dynamics of the relationship is going to change whether it well, especially with your first baby, because you don't know what you're getting into yet. And then of course, with each baby, it does change the family dynamics with every child. So that would be my first tip in preparing your relationship for the arrival of the baby is to talk about how your relationship is going to change. And even that single question can just open a whole bunch of other questions. Like, what do you think is going to change? 
And what would you like to keep? Because it's not going to be the same, you know, date nights aren't going to be as easy to do, especially for the first little while, you know, just carving out the time is not as easily done. Mm -hmm. And not not forgetting each other is, you know, we the baby is taken care of, like, mamas know how to take care of babies. And then the concentric circles as they go out, you know, your family, and then your friends or whoever is helping you, you the caregivers, you know, so I'm, I'm usually not worried about the baby, even though first time moms are worried about doing newborn care. So much of that is, is instinctive. But it's the paying attention to your relationship with your partner and with yourself. That is not very, very much in our, our orbit or our top of mind, you know, Mm-hmm. You know, when I was preparing for birth, and I'm, I'm kind of going to really all of it, like first baby, second baby, you know, everything. I just feel like I was in my own world. And I would like, talk to my husband like, yeah, like I was seeing this, or I read this or, oh, it's fun. Like, this is the size of the baby or this is going on. But like, I was so in my own world that I don't even know, like, just looking back, right. And like, my oldest kid is almost or my youngest kid is almost six. But like, I don't even know if I even included my husband, like not like purposely, like I don't want to include him, but like in my thoughts and in my preparations or anything, like I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I really even like conscious. I don't know. I just didn't. Is that Mm -hmm. weird? Like, is that so common? Like, do we just as women, like in preparing for birth, we just like, oh, like this is happening to my body. So I am preparing and this is what it's going on. And, but like, don't really talk about it, you know, like, yeah, I that. Yeah, I, I remember with especially my first pregnancy, I was glued to that app where I think it was a Pampers mm-hmm. app and another birth app where you just could I couldn't wait day where like it turned into a different fruit or a different Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was like baby bump or something like that. And it was yeah. like your like baby that. is a mango or whatever, you know, and I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Like, you know, I'm thinking about it. And then like I totally just probably ignored him so much yeah. of that, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that's the thing too, with husbands and partners is they're, they have a totally different experience and they know that it's mostly about mama and they kind of just accept that they're not going to be the focus of attention. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because a few weeks ago, two of my friends had babies recently and we all went to go see the babies and I, I asked the dads, like, so how are you? How's it going with a with a new addition? And they each, I asked them separately. They were each caught off guard. Like, you're asking about me? Like, they didn't even know how to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, if she's doing all the breastfeeding. Uh, I'm okay. You know, but they are having an experience, but they're not in tune, you know, mm-hmm. and and we're just wired differently. But what I like to encourage is to be more connected and to be be thought of. And that is one of the things as I, I coach new moms or pregnant moms is the biggest tool I like to use is the love language. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing what your love language is and what your partner's love language is allows you to, you know, communicate your love anytime, but especially in the postpartum period, when you're each focused on different things, the baby for sure. And for from a lot of men, it's like providing, right? So they get more focused on work and they, they feel helpless that they can't maybe breastfeed the baby or the baby just wants mom. So there's a lot, of, they feel very helpless. And there is actually, I read a study that shows up that men also um, experience postpartum depression but it's just never looked at, you know, and, and they don't seek the help. They just kind of white knuckle it and just, you know, stay on the ride until it's over. But mm-hmm. that is not helpful to the relationship. Right. And so, right. Yeah, totally. Totally. And as a doula, I mean, something that I really want to focus on in my prenatals is dad too. And like you said, like they had, they kind of accept that like, Oh, they like, you know, they're not the ones giving birth and all these things, but like they do, they, they, they play a really important role in this day and they go through a lot themselves. And so I like to, as a doula, try and focus on like, okay, like 
how do you feel? What do you want for this birth? How, like, what, what are your goals, your personal goals to get out of this birth and this experience? And then we do talk about postpartum and say like, what are your plans? What helps you? What do you need when you're tired? <laughs> you know, like, because dads are tired too. And so anyway, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, and, You know, most women, like we are just more naturally, I don't know, in tune with like, community like we like community and we like to tell our friends how we're feeling and men don't do that for the most part right and so they don't have a postpartum dad community I mean we barely have one for the moms (laughs) so it's like almost non-existent for the dads so I like to like kind of yeah reel the dads in a little bit and have them be a part of the conversation as they're preparing for the baby and then in the postpartum period using those tools like the love language and how to carve time out for each other, even when you don't have a babysitter, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And setting a date night. This is what one of the things I tell my my clients to do is to set a date night. So whatever your due date is, add maybe three, four, five weeks after that and just put it in the calendar as a date night so that you don't forget about it. And then you can always readjust as the, that date comes. But I'm the type of person that if it's not in the calendar, I'm it's like weeks and weeks or months might go by and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't done X or Y or Z. And so that is just one way to stay connected and have something to look forward to in the postpartum period or in that fourth trimester. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And also like maybe we can help them get that community, you yeah. know, find find their community before. Because sometimes we are going to be tired and maybe even a little checked out. And it will be great if we can help them find a solid community or, you know, even just someone to chat with when they're tired and frustrated because whatever is happening. So I love that. So what are some tips for just like postpartum in general um, that you like number one tips that you're like, this is something if you aren't going, if you can do anything or if you don't have time for anything, make time these things my number one tip is to have a meal train in the postpartum Mm, period yes and a lot of women don't like to and not just women like people are like our culture in general we're very you know we want to be self-sufficient and we are like want to be super women and you know just the we want to take what we how we are in our careers a lot of times like full of, you know, I did this and um, accomplishments and take that into motherhood where motherhood is not about, it's not an, an, it shouldn't be done alone. You know, it's, it's a transition of learning how to ask for help and receive help. And so that I've, I have found when I tell new moms or pregnant moms about the meal train, they feel like, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to really ask my friends for that. Yes. I know. Yes. Like, Oh, I don't want to put people out. (laughs) Yeah. And so I like out in, in my packages, I I offer to do that for them because they don't come from them. And so that takes a little bit of like the guilt off of them, but you can also just ask a friend to organize it for you. And I use mealtrain.com and it just, all you do is collect your friends and family's emails and whoever's organizing it for you can just input all that. And yeah, then you just pick dates and, you know, I recommend having a meal train for at least a month because that first four weeks, you think the first two weeks, I would say you're like on, on a high with just a lot of adrenaline and you don't feel the sleep deprivation. And then after that, it's like cumulative, like, oh my God, all those several or two weeks worth or, or longer worth of, you know, two, three hours of sleep only. It just like comes down mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And so I like to just, you know, at, set it up for at least four weeks. And nowadays it's, it's never been easier, right? There's this platform. People don't even have to go to your house. They can either order delivery or they can send a gift card, like a Grubhub card. Mm-hmm. And the other beautiful thing about that platform is that if you do have friends and family nearby and you have some tasks, 
you know, in your household that you could use some help with, like walking your dogs or, you know, taking out the trash cans if your your partner isn't able to, for whatever reason, just anything that can alleviate, you know, and, and um, take things off your plate for a few weeks, you know, it, it, this is a temporary time. So my, I guess the biggest message around that is, you know, don't feel like, don't be afraid to ask because it's not like you're going to rely on them forever. You truly do need the help for the first several weeks. And MailTrain allows you to do that. You can schedule tasks there and people can assign themselves the different tasks that you need help with. Yeah, I love that so, so much. And the thing is, is (laughs) these people, they're asking. It's hard because if I also wish we could kind of change the way our culture asks, like, oh, if you need anything, let me know. I'm here for you. And sometimes it's maybe like it makes it kind of like, well, I, I, I don't really know what I could ask for. And I feel bad asking, you know, instead it's just like, just do it. And so like even telling our community about these things, like these mail train, this website, this platform where it's like, this is what I need. And don't be scared to ask people for help because they honestly want to. Mm-hmm. People exactly. really do want to. Yeah, especially right after the baby is born. Everybody loves it when a baby is born, right? Like everyone's <laughs> yep. so excited for you and so happy. So I say milk that time because it's not forever. And I think it's because we're naturally wired that way. We're supposed to live in villages and help each other. It's just not how we live anymore. But I think the instincts are there. And we just have to remember that we're social animals and we're supposed to help each other. And we weren't actually made to live in single family homes. You know, we're supposed to live with our families. And I love living this life. Don't get me wrong. Like I love having our own home with it. My just my own little family. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to raising a, a child, especially right after birth, ha- having a new baby, definitely lean on your community because yes. the more you lean on them, the better you'll be as a mom because you cannot do it alone. It's not that you cannot do it alone because you can, but you won't be as happy And because if you are too tired, you're not going to be the kind of mom that you want to be for your baby. And Mm -hmm. so you want to reserve that energy for your baby. So let other people just lift you up and carry you for the next 12 weeks, that fourth trimester, that postpartum period, allow people to help you. And that sometimes is the the biggest barrier is just allowing people to help you. Yes. I love... I love what you just said is going to get you like lean in, like lean into this, like allow this to happen um, and allow people to love you and serve you because like I said, they really want to. And it reminded me of one time I went to a client's postpartum. So as a doula, we do like a couple prenatals, we go to the birth. And then after I love to, sorry, my dog's like deciding to have a conversation as well over here. Um, So we, we like to go and serve them and take, that hour and a half while we are there, we want to do whatever that means. If that's like house cleaning, if that's nursing helping, if that's cleaning toilets because family's coming in town and you don't feel like cleaning toilets, great. We want to serve you during that time. But there was one time when I went over to do that visit and there was a list on the door and she had it, you know, she had like a screen door. And so it was kind of just like on her, her door door. And, and I was reading it as I was waiting for her to come to the door And I thought it was brilliant. It said something to the effect like, hi, everybody. We are so happy you're here to see us and meet baby so-and-so. While you are here, if you would not mind, these are things that would benefit and help us tremendously. And she had a little checklist, like take out the trash, like all these little things, like sweep my floor, like all these little things. And she was just like, yeah, like my people come in and we visit and it's so great. And they leave and my floor is now clean and I don't feel like I have to hold the baby in vacuum or my husband doesn't feel like he has to, you know, tackle the kids and get them to bed. And then now vacuuming's too late because the kids are sleeping. He doesn't want the kids to wake up. And I just was like, wow, like good for her. You know, that is what we need to lean into and not be scared of doing and saying these things would be greatly appreciated. I love that you are here. I'm so grateful for you if you wouldn't mind helping me with these things. 
Yes, yes, I love that. I love that idea as well. Um, I also recommend that to to new moms. And the other thing I like to add on that note is, you know, especially in the early, early weeks, the first few weeks, when you have visitors, you actually need a lot of rest those first few weeks, right? And Mm -hmm. I know for myself, that if I once I get chit chatting with my girlfriend, I love it so much, we'll be talking for like two hours or three hours later, you know, after she arrives. And you know, what, when I really planned for like an hour visit. And so that's another thing I I like to add on that door note is that, you know, I am going to want to talk to you forever, but remind me that I need to rest after an hour because I can go on and on. And, you know, we crave that adult conversation, but then we forget like, oh yeah, I forgot tonight. I'm not going to sleep actually. (laughs) Once the baby (laughs) is up in the middle of the night. Exactly. Like I love, I love hanging out with you, but I probably should be sleeping while I'm holding my sleeping baby. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, you know, keep, please keep visits limited and that is okay to do. Like it really, really is okay to do. Or it's also okay to say, Hey, will you hold my baby and love on my baby for a second? Will I go take a quick nap? Mm -hmm. Yes. To say that you want a nap, you want a shower, shower. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Those three things is like, I, I'm very lucky. My mom lives two blocks away and that I was like, call her. Can you come over so I can shower? Can you come over and hold the baby so I can eat really quick? And she would, that she did that for, for the first couple months. But it was so great. That is so, so awesome. And I don't know how much you talk about postpartum doulas, um, but like there are doulas who are specifically there for postpartum help and they come in. And they do the cleaning and they can bring baby in the middle of the night to you. So you don't have to like even exert your energy to get up and go into the other room, right? Like they can take the other kids, they can take the other kids to the zoo or to the park or for walks or to go on their bikes. So you and baby can nap and these are all services. And it's so hard because there's so many things in life right now, right? Especially in these days, right? Like money and things are so expensive and there's so little there's just it's hard and so it's hard to spend the money or feel like that might be valuable or to even justify it but if you look at the long term and you say okay I can hire this postpartum help or I can sign up for this postpartum workshop to get the tools it's going to you know severely help you like seriously help you in the end and it will all be worth it and then two years down the road you'll be like yeah it was totally worth the whatever amount of money I spent because I had a really awesome experience and I was really able to bond with my baby and be present with my with my kids and be the person I know I am not super super exhausted and so spent because I was able to lean in on this help mm-hmm Yes, you bring up a really good point. That's the other thing. So a lot of us in the beginning have trouble accepting help, even Mm -hmm. if it's like free help. And the other thing is investing in ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things my husband and I, we, we like, don't go out on, we don't take big family vacations. We don't, you know, use, we actually love investing in things in our family. So we do have a lot of support as far as nannies go and, you know, things to make things easier for us, like having someone else, you know, garden for us or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just how we choose to invest because yes. invest isn't always like a return on investment as far as money and financial returns. We think about our mental health, our, our joy and our comfort. And so I think It's good to remember, especially in the postpartum period, it is a time, it is the perfect time to invest in yourself because you, I mean, for the, for the mamas who already have babies, you already know how hard the fourth trimester is, right? And what would you give to yourself to make it easier the next time? So that be the best mama you want to be for your baby and the best partner for your husband 
because I believe the mom sets the tone in the home. When the mom is down, it, it affects everything, right? Because mm-hmm. we are we are the queens of our castles. And when we are not at our best, it just affects how we care for our baby, how we are when our partner is around or when they come home and so on and so forth. Yep, definitely, definitely. Um, oh my goodness. Now my dog, my dog is barking. I love that though. Invest in yourselves and love yourselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think we, for, we, we get so focused on loving the baby, which is so natural and you don't even have to worry. That's, that's like there already. It's the focus on the self-care, the healing and getting the support and the love for yourself for, from your community and the people around you who can help you, you know, that's what, if you have time to gather that and to put those resources in place, that will definitely make your transition into motherhood, whether it's your first baby, second baby, third baby, whatever, you'll just have a better experience and bond with your self, your baby and your partner. That's all great advice. I love it. One thing that I'm kind of passionate about, or maybe sensitive to, I think about the postpartum stage is my gosh, like after my second, I had pretty bad postpartum depression and anxiety. And can we talk a little bit about like maybe what some of the warning signs are for parents or for even birth partners to look out for in their, in their partners so that people can know when it might be appropriate to get a little bit more help outside of their community or their friends or their support system. Because I know that it's not something we talk about very often, but it is something that a lot of women face some, some sort of postpartum mood disorder in that fourth trimester. And what are some things we should be looking out for? And when should we seek additional help, like uh, reaching out to a therapist or maybe a family care provider to get on um, medication or, or things like that? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that question. So there is a quiz, a really short quiz called the Edinburgh Perinatal Depression Scale. And I can shoot you guys the link later to share with your audience. Yeah, we'll put it in our show notes. Yes. So this scale, it's recommended to be taken during pregnancy around somewhere in the third trimester. So 28 to 32 weeks around there, or just anytime you hear about this, if you're pregnant, and then you take it again, six to eight weeks postpartum. That way you have a baseline and see where you, you lie on the the scale before you have the baby. And then you take it again and you see if there's a change or if it's the same, then you're probably okay. But I would still look out for for signs of um, just a lot of crying and just sadness when there's not when you don't really know what you're sad about. Like those are some some small like telltale signs. It is very common. So there's postpartum blues, which is even more common. It's just that sad feeling. And that usually goes away on its own. But a more severe feeling of that is going to be the postpartum depression. And that scale is going to help you determine that. And I I encourage partners to take it as well, because it is on the rise. And maybe it was always there, but we're just now learning about it or putting our attention on it. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because we often think about postpartum depression and mood disorders in relation to the mother, but a lot of times it can affect the dad and other birth partners as well. And it's something that we don't even notice or talk about. And so I'm glad that there's being more awareness brought to that. And I know that um, sometimes the first person to notice that something is out of whack with their partner is the partner. So like my husband kind of noticed with me and before I kind of started noticing these things in myself and And so I always like to talk about that in my postpartum visits, like Megan was saying, um, going over some of those things and some of those signs that you need to be watching out for. And so you can be aware because help is out there and it's sometimes a little bit harder to find, but I think reaching out and just acknowledging that you may need a little bit more help, that's okay. And there's always help out there for you. And if you can't find 
help, then there's this great group called Postpartum Support International as well. So um, outside of all the great resources that Callista offers, and that's another also another great resource that's available for parents as well. Right. I had a very similar experience, actually. I had postpartum depression after my third, which was a shock to me because I didn't have it the first two times. And I don't have history of depression, not that you need it. But you know, I just don't normally have those kinds of feelings. And it was my husband also who noticed that I was just so down and crying. And he he was like, I think you're depressed. And I was like, Oh, my God, like, I was such in a fog still, because it was like, you know, four, three, four weeks after the baby. And my recovery with the third one was the hardest because he was almost 10 pounds. And it was just a different experience than the first two. And so, yeah, I, I went to go see my OB and she, I just told her, I think I have postpartum depression. And she's like, Oh, okay. So do you want something for that? And I, you know, like, I don't have anything against taking medication, but I didn't, like, she didn't even try to ask me, you know, or like, it was just that was the solution, like straight solution. And I didn't, I I said, I want to wait. And I went to my therapist, we have this therapist that we used to use as a couple, which I highly recommend to for, for any couples, I think it's, only it can only add to your your marriage or your relationship when you have a third party who is skilled in communicating. Anyhow, I went back to her and you know we we talked it out and everything. <clears throat> and I felt better. But also that was also the same time where I was sleep training my baby and you know just getting more sleep immediately like helped that and then you know all the talk therapy and just doing all the self-care stuff you know, it it got me out of that depression, that postpartum depression. But I know for some people, you definitely need above and beyond that, you know, and that's why it's, it's good to go to somebody who is skilled in not just medication, but also therapy, because it's not, I think you need it all, or you, you want the options of it all. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Therapy plus medication can be great combination. Some people just need one or the other, but if you if your provider is offering you medication only, that's not inherently a bad option, but I would advise you to seek out therapy on your own because their uh, medication is proven to be a lot more effective when it's combined with therapy as well and vice versa too sometimes. So yeah, great options yeah. available out there. I actually had a similar experience, but I wanted my postpartum stuff, I would say maybe started kicking in probably around month nine actually, but I didn't really feel it to like, I didn't like recognize or accept, I guess, until like 12 months. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it was so late. And so I just didn't think like, I, you know, baby blues, postpartum depression. I'm like, yeah, I'm not postpartum anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I'm almost a year. Like this isn't postpartum. And my husband's like, you're not okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's fine. He's like, no, like you're not okay. (laughs) Um, and so I also went to my doctor and he's like, oh, here, here's some medication. And I was just like, but like, do I, do I, what, what's happening? You know, I just was like, I don't know. He didn't really talk to me or anything. He's just like, here, here's some pills. You can start taking them. And again, like nothing against pills, like absolutely just fine. But I just wanted more, like, this is what I believe you're experiencing. These are some options that we could try. And so I, I went home and, um, I just was crying and I was like, I don't like, am I really experiencing this? My husband's like, yeah, like it sounds like it. And I was like, oh, and he's like, why don't we like figure this out? Like what, what can we do? And we found out that I was losing myself. I didn't know Mm -hmm. where I belonged anymore. I was suddenly this mom, which was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Love being a mom. But I went from like this very big social butterfly. I had a job nine to five. I did what I want when I wanted. And then all of a sudden I was being run in my head, right? Rent by a, this baby, like on this schedule of this baby. And then I quit my job so I could be with my baby, which I'm so grateful for. But at the same time, I lost my social outlet. So I was just really, really struggling. And what I found is I found a bar class, an exercise bar class. And 
I realized that I needed me time and kind of circling back to what we're talking about in the beginning. I also needed my husband time because I was, I didn't feel, I no longer felt like we were a married couple. I felt like we were roommates who shared a baby in a house. Like it was the weirdest feeling. And so I just, I feel like it's so important along the way to, to tap into it and, and not be scared to say, I'm not okay. And I need to talk to someone, whether that's an OB, whether that's a midwife, whether that's a therapist, whether that's whoever, it's okay. It's okay to, again, lean in and talk and, and let it out and, and work through it. Because like I said, it was around nine months, but then nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, I went four months and it just got worse and worse and worse. And so I just, I hate, I hate that we in this world feel like we have to suppress it and we have to feel alone because we don't, we can get help and we can, there are people out there for us. Mm-hmm. And kudos to our husbands, right? <laughs> for Seriously that. though. Yeah. And like, Julie bless said, their hearts. <laughs> yes. And a lot of times, and then, you know what? I didn't even realize until I was preparing for my VBAC that my husband had trauma himself and issues that he was still holding on to from my first baby's birth years and years ago. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's important to, to talk and with our partners and really let it out. And sometimes we don't know why we're crying and that's okay if we don't know why we're crying or we don't know why we're upset, but let it out and, and get it out and use our resources. Because like you said, this world makes it so easy. It really does make it so easy. I mean, there, there are so many, I mean, there are even therapy therapists help like online. You don't even have to go out of your house, you know, and everything is at our fingertips. It really is. But we, for some reason, don't like to use the resources that we have. Sometimes we're hesitant. And so, yeah, I think it's just so important that, that we use them and we accept them and we love ourselves enough, love yourself enough to not only prepare for your birth and to prepare during your pregnancy and treat yourself and your baby great during pregnancy, but also treat yourself great in the postpartum period because that will make you a better parent too. A happy, you know, happy, have you ever said like happy wife, happy life? (laughs) It's to say like happy mom, happy, healthy mom is going to be the best you. You're going to be the best you if you can take care of you. Right. Right. And, and we can start modeling that now. I mean, I know babies don't know that we're like taking care of ourselves right away, but if we start practicing that and doing the self-care and just making that a habit, that is just going to make your experience as a mom even more beautiful because you're not going to run, you're not running yourself ragged. You're, you're really able, you know, what they say on the plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put the oxygen mask on anybody else, right? Like we, we need our cups to be filled first so that it can run over. Absolutely. And honestly, we are setting an example to our children for caring. Like you said, like the babies don't really recognize right away, but in the long run, they're going to see, because if we can set this mentality and carry it through our lives, as we're raising our children, they're going to see how important that is. And they're going to do the same thing. Yeah. And actually, you know, my, my kids love that my husband and I have a good relationship. They, they clap and they tell us actually to kiss because whenever we do, it just makes them feel so, I guess it makes them feel secure, you know? And so when you give a little more attention to your relationship and your kids see that, that just gives them more comfort and security as a family. And that can start right from the beginning. And I think maybe that's why they are, they do feel that way. Cause we've, we've done a pretty good job. You know, we've had our bumps and like, you know, that's why we went to therapy early on. Um, having kids back to back was a little straining on our relationship, but we figured it out. And, you know, I, I'm grateful. We're just open to help the outside help and that we don't have to figure it out alone. Of course, it starts with us too. And we both have to be on the same page, but then using the resources that we have access to is just, it's been so great for our family. And really Mm -hmm. it did start from the beginning. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. This has been so great. And I truly do believe that it's going to be valuable to all of our listeners. So I wanted to remind them that kicking off June 3rd, 2022, you have a four day workshop and they can register. You can find the link in our show notes, or is it, do you want to give them the information that they can register at? Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be newmomboss.com forward slash workshop. Workshop. Okay, perfect. And right now um, there is a wait list, but you are opening it up when, so we can start telling all of our people. Oh, sure. So um, the registration will open May 16th. Okay. And if you're listening to this after, then it's it's probably it's open. already. Yeah, so it's opening May 16th. And then we get to work. We'll have a little pre-party on June 3rd and then go into the workshop over the weekend because I have found there's a lot of working mamas and, you know, the weekend works best. So we're going to do it um, starting June 3rd. And then it's going to be a four-day workshop after that. And we'll prepare as much as we can before the baby arrives. But like I said before, if you're already in your postpartum, these are a lot of the same things will apply to the postpartum period if you're already in it. And they'll just make your experience in the postpartum period that much better. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wealth of knowledge. And again, like I said, if you haven't followed her yet, go follow her right now. You can find her on Instagram, new mom boss. And I'm sure she has got all the things that you are going to love. Thank you so much, Julie and Megan. I have been looking forward to coming on your show and I appreciate you guys taking the time to chat with me. Thank you. Interested in sharing your VBAC story on the podcast? Submit your story at the vbacklink.com slash share. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.